0: Um, So, I wanted to say um, um, some words about the way we communicate, about the way we communicate uh, the truth. Um, We express the truth of our lives in the way we communicate. Um, Truthfulness is essential for mental well-being. If we're not being truthful, we, if we really look inside ourselves, we don't feel right. We don't feel at peace. Um, like that, you know, quote I mentioned earlier about, you know, you don't have to remember anything, you know, if you don't lie, you know. But it, it's, it has the same type of resonance in your mind. Like a little, little something isn't right when we don't tell the truth. Um, the Buddha said, um, um, he said in quite different ways, many in quite a number of places. But this is one quote. Uh, When one is not ashamed of telling a deliberate lie, there's no evil that one would not do. So, it's a really, uh, really important, important thing to consider. Um, You know, truthfulness, as I talked about before, uh, spoke about before can be is supported by um, having a community, having friends uh, that live with the same values that uh, that you may have. We may not have perfected this this truthfulness, uh, but still our aspiration is in the same direction um, One of the stories that I love um, i you know I don't know if it's a true story, but it's been passed on many times um, about a monk who was living um, you know for eleven years in a cave and you know really um, a blissed out in this wonderful you know states and very um, um, you know very exalted states, you know, and he had to come down from the mountain for some reason and and so, as he 's you know happily you know walking down the path, you know this uh, so a person comes up the path and and jostles him a bit, and the guy got so angry he punched the guy out you know and um and so this is this is what happens when we're with people, you know. We they push our buttons, right? And sometimes when we practice alone, we really don't see, um, you know. Sometimes we don't touch those defilements that are still in there, that are still uh, hanging out there, you know. I've, um, um, you know, when we surround ourselves, you know, in the same thing all the time, we get very kind of comfortable. You know, and suddenly we go into this new area and uh, all our insecurities show up, you know. So so it's really, um, community really shows us uh, where we might be still holding, um, where we might still be uh, contracted around. Um, a couple of things, that, you know, we bond with people, right? You know, we bond with... Um, uh, if you have kids, you might bond with other parents who have kids. Um, you know, there's a lot of great ways we bond with people. But we also bond with people over or um, um, afflictive emotions, you know. Um, you know, the whole... Um, the the archetype now of of people standing around the water fountain, um, uh, gossiping, right? You know, it's become this kind of image of of, of uh, the workplace, you know, where everybody's standing around, um, uh, gossiping and and bad wrapping people, and uh, and so you know, but the, it causes a bonding, you know, and so it's very seductive, and um, I remember, you know, I had a friend in high school, she was my best friend. And we, you know, in in the first year of high school, you know, and we would just sit there and talk about everybody we knew, and all this unskillful stuff, you know, and judging this person, that person, you know, and it really bonded us, we got close over it. And it was really interesting, because we lost touch for a while, and then reconnected years later. And even though I had grown in a way that, that was moving away from that, I found myself immediately getting drawn right back into it because that's the relationship we had, and you know, fortunately, this is a friend who's also been growing on the path, and and you know, we've we've both moved away from that and and have bonded over you know other things now, um, but we can bond over over um, you know wholesome things and over unwholesome things, and it's important to be really honest about it. And when we let go of, uh, of that kind of behavior, we lose something. You know, it was like, you know, th- it felt like I was losing something when I stopped gossiping with her. It, w- it was like, you know, I wanted that closeness, that, that, that feeling, that juiciness. There was something very attractive to it. You know, but, but like any other renunciation, you let go of it, and, and something really lightens in your heart. And so even though it was difficult... You know, and and our relationship kind of had to find a new way. Um, it was very worthwhile. Um, and so that brings me to to you know the fact that it ta- it can take a lot of courage to be honest. Um, it can take courage to be honest with ourselves. You know, I've spent plenty of time in meditation. Um, you know, having something show up and going no, no, no. You know, and and uh, you know, and and thinking that, no, I just want to focus on my breath and be peaceful. You know, but this little, you know, little uh, nagging thing keep, kept popping up. You know, and at some point, okay, you know, I gotta, I've gotta allow that to be there. I don't have to force it down anymore. I'm able to do it. Um, a lot of things come up in the practice internally when we practice. You know, some very deep fears can arise. And, you know, one of the things that uh, my teacher said to me that was really, really helpful, uh, because I had some really intense fears arise that seemed completely unmanageable to me. And he said, um, you know, you just have to touch the fear with bite-sized pieces. It's enough. Touch it, back away. Next time you'll be able to touch it a little bit longer. And next time a little bit longer. You know, just like Kristen earlier said that that um, you know that not having something absolute made you feel uh, uh insecure right um, in the same way you know you touch that insecurity, you touch that uh, just a little bit it's okay you know, and as you get more and more um, uh, at ease, you can hold a little more of that, and it's not so terrifying anymore um and, you know, it takes um, courage and relationship. Uh, sometimes, when we tell the truth, it changes the relationship, which is what happened with this friend of mine. Uh, sometimes relationships are based on... Um, um, you know, I have a friend of mine who married a much older man. And um, he was actually a professor in college, you know. And, and uh, he was... Um, uh, he, was, he knew everything, right? You know, he was older, he knew about life, he knew about everything. And, you know, she grew up, got her career, and became fully a full adult. But, you know, that, you know, that, that um, it disturbed the relationship because, you know, it's a very comfortable relationship, right? Um, and so, you know, by being ourselves, it was easy to, to hold back herself to please him to hold back her truth, to hold back her strength. You know, we often um, hide not just our um, so-called bad qualities, but we sometimes hide our strengths uh, from ourselves. Um, You know, because if we're strong sometimes, oh, I might be required to do something that might be scary. (laughs) Um, We might hide it from other people because of how the relationship we have with those people. you know, so, so, you know, it can take courage to actually, um, you know, uh, uh, express the truth in those difficult situations. Um, I know that um, um, I've had a friend, you know, who um, uh, once told me something about myself, you know, and it was so hard to hear. It was so painful to hear, you know, and, um, and um, you know, my first reaction was defensiveness, you know, and then saw the defensiveness of myself and allowed what, what, what they said in. And, uh, and, you know, years later now, I'm so grateful for that, um, you know, but what does it take to be able to do that? Um, you know, in a you know, I don't know how many of you have a, a primary relationship or someone you're very very close to, you know. And sometimes people think they're telling the truth when they're actually doing a laundry list of what's wrong with the other person. Um, and there's a reason they don't really like it. <laughs> um, you know, and so how do we communicate when we're, we're in a relationship? There's something going on that you know that they might be doing that we don't like their behavior. Um, how do we communicate that with full dignity and kindness? You know, the to me, you know, the priority uh, with my husband um, is um, that is kindness over being understood. Over anything else that comes out of my mouth is kindness, because without kindness in in communication, uh, it isn't going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. Um, the other person can't hear you. The moment you you get judgmental, they've shut down. You know they're defensive. You know, and um, and having a commitment like that in your life with any of your friends, uh, with any anybody in your life who's willing to take that kind of commitment is a very, very powerful relationship in which a lot of growth can occur. Um, and in, in society, it can take a lot of courage to... Um, um, <clears throat> you know, for instance, a work, you know, to... Um, you know, if, if work, something at work is unethical, are you gonna say something? You know, um, sometimes you you know you risk yourself when you do that. You see that with a lot of the uh, you know people like Gandhi or Martin Luther King who told the truth in incredibly powerful ways. Um, not everybody's called to be that courageous in that particular way you know, courage calls us in different ways, you know, there's different ways we, we you know, it might be that the courage we need is, um, you know, to tell your friend something, it may be, um, but, it, but all those things take courage. And, you know, when I want to say one, one thing uh, that sometimes people forget, um, that not lying is not the same as being truthful. Okay? Sometimes people were raised, um, you know, where they've been raised, where they never tell a lie. A lie is like the worst thing you can do. Always honest, honest, honest. Uh, But they totally hide who they are because for whatever reasons, you know, they might be uncomfortable with themselves, or they think that uh, they're always supposed to be, um, you know, sometimes culturally people are brought up that you're always supposed to be Positive and and um, always supposed to have a um, you know a happy face on you know and and um, you know or what all sorts of variations of that you know the way we ha- we can hide ourselves hide our insecurities hide or um, I mean it's not that we have to you know say hey I'm insecure everybody look at me you know but but there's a there's a way that we can be um, you know. Uh, What I like to say is, you know, get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, You know, one of the stories I I tell that, um, I've told this more than once, so bear with me if you've you've heard this, but, um, you know, I I became, um, the first time I heard Gil uh, teach was like in the 90s, I think 94, and um, I went to his Dharma talk, you know, he was a young man then, you know, and, and uh, not such a polished speaker, and, and, um, but still he was, you know, he was really, he was gil, very real, you know, and in the middle of his talk, uh, he forgot what he was saying. He just totally forgot what he was saying, and he looks around a room full of 50 people who are all intently looking at him, you know, and he goes, Oh, I forgot what I was saying. This is awkward. You know, and he was just very sincerely saying, "This is this feels awkward." You know, and my heart just sank. In in oh my God, how could he say something like that? I felt so, um, uh, you know, identified with what if it was me, how I would have felt. You know, um, and but he was so comfortable. But he was uncomfortable. I mean, there was, you could see that. He said, "It's awkward. Being awkward is uncomfortable, right?" Yeah, and, and, he, uh, and then he continued giving his talk and, and kind of let it go and went into continuing to talk. And to me, that was like a reference point. You know, wow, you can actually make mistakes in life and it's okay. <laughs> uh, you can actually do something wrong and, and, you know, get it wrong and it's okay. And so for me, it was uh, a, a reference point many, many times in my life. Um, um, you know, one of the things, you know, one of my uh, areas, you know, um, was that I hated to make a mistake. You know, I, how many of you like making mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, I feel like I particularly, you know, could never make a mistake. People should know that I made mistakes ever, you know. And it was very, held up very tight, you know. And um, <clears throat> as I started really working with this, one of the... Um, One of my early volunteer jobs here at IMC uh, was answering emails and uh, and posting the uh, posting the schedule items, you know, so uh, it was done differently back then, you know, but but you know I did that every week and I did it for a couple of years and then um, I passed on the job to a new person. Um, The new person couldn't spell, couldn't, uh, kept getting it wrong, kept making mistake after mistake after mistake. But nobody realized it was a new person. And, um, and they all thought it was still me, you know, so they would write me and they'd say, You made this mistake, fix it, you know. And, you know, and I would, um, immediately, you know, as soon as I saw a mistake, I was really had my eye on it, you know, send out an email, this mistake was made, and making, and phrasing in a way that was very clear that it was by somebody else, you know, <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and I did that a, a few times and then started becoming really aware of what I was doing, you know, it's like saving face, you know, and, uh, and I decided at that point, just for the practice of it, I would purposely uh, just fix a mistake and, um, and not let anybody know. Let them believe that it was me who made the mistake. And um, I remember the first time that happened. Ah, that was painful. It didn't, it just hurt. It just, it was so uncomfortable. You know, and I sat with it and, you know, and this person really gave me tons of opportunity to practice. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and I remember, you know, at, at some point I actually forgot about it because it was such a, non, became a non-issue for me. You know, and, um, you know, it's much easier to make mistakes. You know, much easier. Um, uh, I was on a um, Uh, I'll tell you one mistake, and then I'll, you know, uh, give to give you a sense of it. Um, I was on a a three-month retreat, you know, and so people are very, very deeply quiet. And um, somewhere about a month in, you know, we're all being super aware, moving really slowly. And I'm at the lunch line, and my shawl caught on this wonderful full bottle of dressing. Uh, oily, sticky, greasy dressing, you know, and just went all over the floor, made a huge loud sound. And, um, and you know, and I looked at it in amazement, you know, just watching my mind, you know, kind of horror of it, and then seeing, you know, all my, you know, the mind is so slow at that point. You see every little, um, you know, machination, Imagination of the mind, you know, every little piece—it's how it's trying to manipulate the world uh, to make it not so. <laughs> and and then I just start laughing, you know. It was just so funny, you know. And and you know, help clean up, and you know, people came running to help. They're very sweet. Um, but um, you know, it was it was it was a you know it's a teaching moment. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it's being transparent, you know, being willing to be transparent in the world. You know, it doesn't mean that we tell everybody everything, you know, sometimes uh, um, uh, people, you know, I've seen this happen, like uh, sometimes with people in the eight, 12-step 12, 12 program, um, eight steps, <laughs> um, you know, um, compulsively tell their stories you know, when nobody wants to hear, because they're they're so used to doing that. So, you know, transparent doesn't mean talking about yourself. You know, it doesn't mean that you need to say a lot extra. It's really about your presence, you know, how you are, whether you're holding back. Um, And, you know... The other thing I want to say again, I want to stress this because it happens so much today. More, I think, more than ever, is that any communication we're not present for, you're talking with someone else, is deception, is lying. You know. So, for instance, if you're sitting with someone, you know, and you're having a conversation, and you're thinking of, and they're talking, and you're thinking about what you want to talk about, you're not listening to them. But they think you're listening to them. That's why they're talking to you. Right? You know, th- that's, a very, that's a tricky one because, you know, it's happening quickly. People get caught in their ideas, you know. Um, but it also happens, um, I was at a meeting, you know, and this is a meeting of, you know, it's a small group. And two other people took out their gadgets and they start checking email while other people are talking. And this has become kind of uh, acceptable behavior. And, um, you know, and it's like, they're not there, they're not present. You know, or are you ever listening to somebody and you're just going, yeah, 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 and your mind's totally elsewhere. You know, I mean, I I've, I've did that plenty of times. You know, so, so it's really, um, you know, that's why I say it so strongly, that it, if you're not present with the person you're with, and they think you're listening to them. It's deception. So, you know, let's really show up in our relationships. Um, So, um... I wanted to just mention the four, um, we can't talk about truthfulness in my opinion without mentioning uh, the four guidelines the Buddha gave. You know, I just thought that they're so, it's such a beautiful, concise way of connecting uh, with, with wise speech, you know. Um, I like the positive one, uh, that's the one I connect with, you know, to be truthful, uh, to be kind, to be helpful and to be timely, so truthful is pretty clear, right um, to be helpful so that's interesting what you say should be helpful, whether it's just helpful in making somebody smile it's helpful uh, in connecting you know it, it's not it doesn't have to be a big helpful um, but you know. How many of you have ever given advice and noticed that the person you were giving it to seemed to resent it? Has it ever happened to you? you know um, Has it ever happened to you the other way where somebody's giving you advice and you're resented you know and and why is that what 's really happening there? you know and so you know I looked at that you know because i 've seen that both ways in myself i 've had both experiences multiple times. Uh, multiple, multiple, multiple times, <laughs> um, and when I give advice to someone who doesn't want it, it's because I have a need to be helpful. It has nothing to do with the other person. You know, I have a need to be the helpful one, to be the giver. To it's part of um, you know self identity. I'm the helper. You know, and. Um, it gives you a certain sense of strength, you know. But it's, not, it's not a real deep strength, it's a sense of uh, ego. It's the ego showing up, the ego saying that. Um, and so the other person isn't really being connected with. It has nothing to do with the other person, it has to do with your own need. And so it takes a lot to, to really be honest about that in yourself, you know? Um, you know. Do you know your intention when you're being helpful? You know, like, um, I, know, um, uh, I know a parent, you know, who, um, you know, his kid would start working on something and it was really hard, you know, they're like, you know, trying to, you know, do, hammering some stuff and learning how to do some stuff and, you know, and, and the father just take it from them and say, here, I'll fix that for you. <laughs> That's not helpful. That's impatient, you know. That's obvious, but but sometimes that's... You know, we do subtle versions of that. Um, The other thing I wanted to touch upon is... um, um, is... um, Well, you know, let me just go back to the four. Um, So, helpful is a kind. I think that's pretty... Uh, You know, it's really important when we get caught up in ideas Um, and especially opinions, you know, to me when, you know, two people are, um, you know, have strong opinions, you know, sometimes kindness easily goes out the door, you know, so really keep that close to you. Um, and timely, sometimes everything else might be in place, but it's absolutely the wrong time. So really listening carefully, uh, deep listening you know it's the one thing that the, of those four guidelines that was needed, I think is, is deeply listening. Uh, I think it's inherent in all of it, but to really listen to the situation to the other person. Um, so the, the next thing I wanted to uh, touch upon briefly is integrity. Um, and to me, this is a really important part about being truthful, is um, do, we say, do we do what we say? Uh, for instance, um, if I say I'm going to... Um, um, uh, I'll be somewhere at 3 o'clock. Am I late? you know, what happens if we're habitually late? I don't know if anybody uh, has that, you know, where you're habitually late. Um, uh, You know, it happens sometimes. But when it's, you know, like I have a friend of mine, you know, uh, whenever he came over uh, or we were going to do anything together, I tell him an hour later. I mean, an hour earlier, because it really took that long for him to get it together, you know? And so i just tell him an hour earlier, and, and it worked, you know? But um, but that's how he was. But, but at the same time, one of the things that happens when we, um, when we do that is that we, the other person was distrusting us. There's something happens. When somebody's chronically late, I either think they don't respect me, they don't care about me. If I was more important to them, they'd show up on time. Uh, Or I might think, uh, so it harms the relationship, Um, but it also, how do you trust yourself? You know, when you say you're gonna do something, you don't do it, you start losing trust in yourself. Um, Because how did I get out of control with that? How did I not show up in time? What happened? You know, it seems like it's out of control. You know, it's not my, oh, I didn't do that on purpose, but time after time, I'm late. what happened, you know? And so we lose a certain confidence when we do that, um, uh, and that's a really so. It's really important that when we say something, uh, that we do it. That we do it. Um, and I want to touch on exaggeration because that's something that we we hear a lot, and um, you know, when somebody says, "I found the best Mexican restaurant." You know what's their intention? Sometimes it's a matter of manner of speech; it's just enthusiasm. Sometimes it's I found the best Mexican restaurant. You know, and it's about uh, getting credit for it. I'm the one who found it. So it takes a certain level of honesty to see: is it just a figure of speech that you're saying that, or are you trying? You know, you you saying, you know—stroke me, stroke me. You know. Um, And um, the last thing I want to say is, um, you know, they found that um, only 7% of all communication is conveyed through words. You know, so the rest is conveyed through uh, tone, through facial expression, um, through um, how we hold our bodies, um, so as we connect with, with the way we speak with each other, as we do this, um, uh, you know, pay attention to to all the subtle ways that we communicate, not just the words. You know, when we connect with our intention, um, usually we you know and, and stay a little bit connected with our bodies. Um, you know, the, um, uh, there's it, our communication has a lot more integrity. So that, that's enough enough for now. So we're gonna. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to do some dyads. And do we have? An, how many people are here? Do we have an even number? Two, four, six, seven, eight. Oh, we have an even number. If um, but it depends if everybody's participating, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I'd like to do this is a um, this is a um, so with one other person. Um, I'd like you to do monologues. So you're going to talk for somewhere between eight to ten minutes, and you're going to you're going to tell your personal um, history with with. Um, Uh, with the truth? Um, You know, how you grew up? What did you, um, uh, what, how did your family, how were they around the truth? You know, uh, were you in a family that was like really, really ultra-honest? Or were they, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there? And, you know, and what experiences shaped your relationship to the truth? Um, you know, as as you grew up, you know what changed, what what got affected, and uh, what's your relationship now? You know, you can do whatever variation of that you know that you want. You know, um, so what I'll do is um, I'll ring a bell um, at the ten minute mark. But if you're done a little bit sooner, feel free to switch. You know, and um, you know we'll do it at the very end. You know, if there's if we want, we'll do a little wrap up with it. So. Um, So go ahead and find one person you'd like to do this with.